This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host, our dad, Ryan Scott. Well, we're back. Episode 2.16. My friends out there listening to this episode, episode 2.16, you are in for a big treat. I have got the one and only Dr. Tony Hull. Um, (laughs) And if you have spent, uh, if you have spent more than five minutes in the education space over the past probably two, three years, you will have ran into a podcast that had this young lady on it. Um, Or you probably have seen some of her um, comments, quotes, all of that stuff all around social media and the edgy sphere, um, because she is absolutely someone that is well-respected in the world of education. And um, I'll tell you, when I took my new position uh, as a alternative education high school principal, I was talking to all my buddies out there and I was like, man, I need to I need to meet somebody that has done this before. And uh, Tony's name kept coming back more often than not. And so I had to reach out to Tony. And so uh, I am super excited to introduce Dr. Tony Hull to the Big Ed Idea podcast. Um, Here in a second, Tony, I will uh, read your bio. But first, I just want to tell you, thank you for being on the Big Ed Idea podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Uh, I, I, I think it's so important that educators talk about ideas. And when I first saw your podcast, I I just thought finally, like, let's let's amplify some of these ideas because there are such amazing educators out there with amazing ideas that people need to hear. So thank you. There are absolutely amazing ideas out there. (laughs) Um, I had a principal once and kind of one of his main thing was ideas rule. And he really challenged us to come up with ideas because like you and I were talking prior to hitting the record button. Look, the world only changes if we have an idea first. And so I really wanted a space uh, for all of those educators or maybe non-educators that just, they've had an idea they've been sitting on, they just need to get it out. Um, Let's speak life into some of these ideas and let's connect uh, like-minded folks and let's just see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Speak life into it. That's right. So you never know who might be listening. (laughs) That is exactly right. And I'm hoping, you know, somebody out there, you know, maybe uh, Miguel Cordoba, maybe he's out there listening. (laughs) Uh, Maybe Bill Gates, um, Elon Musk, somebody that can throw me some money to, uh, you know, (laughs) really do some cool stuff in the world of education. (laughs) Well, Dr. Dr. Tony. Tony, I'm going to read your bio real quick, just because I want everybody out there to know um, a little bit about you. So Tony is currently the executive director of curriculum and instructional innovation for Hatch Valley Public Schools in Hatch, New Mexico. She has 30 years of experience as an educator serving in New York and New Mexico as a teacher, 
instructional coach, trainer, college instructor, district consultant, speaker, principal, state principal mentor, and now a part of the district leadership team. Um, Tony believes, and I do too, that when educators are empowered to think of alternate ways to engage and motivate students and staff, there is absolutely no limit to what they can accomplish. She and a team of out-of-the-box educators, those are my type of people, they transformed an alternative middle school and I love this place. She said, a place where students had to be, and I understand that, to the uh, Masia mm -hmm. Valley Leadership Academy. And here's the best part. A place where students choose to be in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Dr. Hull has a doctorate in educational leadership and was the 2012-13 Teacher Ambassador Fellow for the U.S. Department of Education, wow, as well as a Woodrow Wilson MBA fellow. She has served and led in Deming, Las Cruces, and Hatch districts in southern New Mexico for the last 15 years. Her passion is thinking of ways to reimagine school for kids, teachers, staff, and community through a focus on gratitude, relationships, attitudes, scholarship, and purpose. So, Dr. Tony. Thank you once again for being on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm exhausted and, after hearing all that. <laughs> listen, I, I love all of that because, <laughs> I mean, no, really, like, I love the fact um, that you have all of those things, and but it's all about looking outside of the box, and it's all about empowering people, and I love that fact. I love, I, I love, love, love that you said you transform a school where kids had to be to a school where kids wanted to be or chose to be. Um, that is super powerful. Yeah, definitely. Um, the alternative middle school in Las Cruces was the quote unquote dumping ground. You know, it was like we, when, when we didn't know what to do with kids, they weren't, they weren't uh, behaviorally bad enough, I guess, to go to the uh, suspension school and they weren't, academically enough, you know, to go anywhere else. So yeah, that was, it's what it became, honestly, that's what it became. And uh, I don't know if I, if this is a good time, but I could share when I first got there. So when I got first got to the uh, alternative middle school, I walked into the hallway just to check it out. And uh, this student came up to me and said, Dr. Hall, what are you doing here? And I said, what do you mean what I'm doing here? And they said, well, I heard that you're a principal and you're a really good principal. So what are you doing here? We're the dumb kids. Oh. And so that student forever changed um, and just fueled what we what we did, because I was, you know, that's what they thought of themselves. And that's really terrible um, to think that any student would think that or any child would think that. Yeah, no, but I, I definitely can relate. Uh, definitely, definitely can, can relate. And, you know, here in a little bit, we will definitely get into that. But, you know, as mm -hmm. I, as my listeners know, and as you know, I've taken on an alternative high school where, um, yeah, kids have to be, um, it is a school where, uh, any kid, any kid that has been expelled, uh, that's where they kind of wind up. Um, mm -hmm. but my whole thing is, um, uh, I want to provide opportunities, not punishment. Uh, yes. and I want to create in like like I told you this, I want to create an anti alt school where 
Um, it does not That's feel, right. it does not feel like an alternative school. So, um, okay. So I'm super excited to get in this conversation, mm-hmm. but before we, like, I, like I want to talk about the meat, but I also want to model to all of the people out there listening, uh, that idea of connections before content. And so before we get into this content, I need to know, and my listeners need to know who really is this Tony lady. So, yeah. <laughs> so I've got two kind of, I guess, um, two segments that I use to do that. And this first one is affectionately called what's up at the Scott house. Um, and so, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, that's what it is. And so what I try to do is I'm going to tell you three words about what life is like right now in the Scott house. Okay. Uh, and then I'll explain a little bit. So my words for this week, heat wave, <laughs> meet with staff and big meeting. Um, so my first word, heat wave. So, okay. I know you're from New Mexico. So when I throw at these numbers, you're like going to laugh you're going to scoff at me, but for the next week, it's supposed to be in the hundreds, 101, um, but the thing that we have that you don't have down there is high humidity. So right. like, like it is, it's going to be like a hundred degrees, but seriously oppressive, oppressive Ooh, humidity so much. So normally during the summer, I like to work out, um, early in the morning outdoors and not this week, not this week, no. <laughs> not this week. My, wow. Yeah. My second word meet with staff. And so last week I started um, I asked all of my brand new staff, I gave them, um, the month of June, I let them choose either Thursday or Friday of each week. And then, be- so a 30 minute time slot between eight and three in the afternoon, just trying to meet with my staff once prior to getting started and stuff. And then I've, at- I've, I've got some questions that we go through just like, you know, what's good, what would you like to see? And so last week I met with some staff members at Starbucks. Um, We sat around and just talked about what they dream big and just learned about them. They learned more, a little bit about me. Um, And we're, we're going to do that through the, through the rest of June on Thursdays and Fridays. Um, And then my last word for what's up at the Scott house is big meeting. And, and I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm a little nervous about this. So prior to me being hired for this position, the corporation had a company called mass insight. Some big consulting firm came into our corporation and has been looking at our alternative programs. And so they're going to be presenting to us tomorrow and Tuesday on their findings, giving us recommendations of what they think we should be doing to move our alternate alternative education programs forward. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because I think that's going to give us some focus. And I think it's going to give us some more resources that we haven't had. Um, but I'm a little nervous because I have tons of ideas and I'm just praying that my ideas sync with what they say. Um, and so those are my three words. Miss Tony, <laughs> Miss Tony, what are your three words? What's going on at the whole house? Okay, my my three. So, first word is uh, puppy. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, because we got a new puppy, and um, uh, well, we got her around the new year. Okay, but okay. but 
she's still a puppy. And after my last dog passed away, it's been a little while to remember what that was like to have a puppy. <laughs> so she's like ruling the house. Scratching <laughs> on the door. I think she's just trying to break through the door. Um, so she's given us, yeah, she's given us a run for our money. That's for sure. And uh, I think we forgot because we had such a, our dog was pretty old. And so for a while there, she <laughs> just didn't do much, but yeah. So that she's kind of, yeah, she's the boss right now. I get it. I get it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that's kind of running, running wild. But um, the second word is health. Um, so this week I had to, so just a little bit about my history is I'm a two-time cancer survivor, okay, breast cancer survivor. And um, just most recently in August. And, um, and so I just had to start a new medication. And so, you know, for me, health is one of those things that I, I gotta say, I haven't, uh, I don't always put on the front burner because I'm so, and I think that you're the same way. And a lot of us are where we put everything else before that. Sure. And so, um, I definitely, uh, am making my health a priority, especially since I have new meds and exercise and things like that. And, uh, just making sure that I'm not a, th I don't want to do, do this again the, with the cancer. So, um, so health has been a big thing, a big focus, a reset for me now that school year's out and moving into a new year. So, um, and the third word is faith. Um, so this past week, my husband and I traveled out to Texas to be extras on a show that we just love called The Chosen. And, it, and it's all about our faith. And, um, you know, it was, this is like a reset again, the end of the year is a great time for reflection. And I'm, I did that. Then I went away for a week and now I'm going back to work and it's a time to reset yeah, right. through my faith and, and reset through my faith. And it really empowered me this week to be with, um, people that believe the same, uh, as I do. And, um, and so it's just, it's going to help fuel as I go into this, because we know the beginning of school year is going to start sooner than you already talked about meetings. I know, I know. I haven't even gotten there yet, but um, I, I, I know that I have refueled and so I'm ready to go. And yeah. Um, yeah. So those are the three things that I'm trying to, um, especially this week that are top, top for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like them. I like them a lot. I, <laughs> I can, the, 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 one of the, the, the number one word that she said that I can definitely relate to is the puppy thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, so one of the things that I love to do is train dogs. And so anytime we get a new puppy, I oh, love good. Maybe you can give me some, <laughs> I can absolutely, absolutely. Um, I have an Australian shepherd and he is almost two, but so he's still on that puppy stage, but mm -hmm. yeah, I totally get it. And then having, <laughs> you know, having four daughters of my own, they were at one time puppies. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could have trained my daughters the way I trained my dogs. Cause it'd be a lot easier, uh, but right. <laughs> such is life. Oh, okay. Miss Tony. Um, <laughs> I have got two getting to know you questions. Um, I love, love, love this segment. It's called two for two. And so I'm going to throw two at you and then you get to throw two at me. Okay. Sounds okay. great. 
<laughs> okay, so I want you to imagine that you walk outside tomorrow morning and in your driveway is a DeLorean. Um, there is a flux capacitor. Um, Michael J. Fox might be sitting in the passenger seat and you have the choice of either going back in time or going in the future. Which would you choose and why? Oh my goodness. Holy cow. Listen, these aren't supposed to be easy questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> what a great choice though. Um, you know, I, and especially I think it's because of the time of the year, but I would choose to go back in time. Okay. And um, I think because, and I would choose to go back in time to a time when I was kind of like not yet like, like a child, like, um, yeah. maybe junior high kind of yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, just because I remember feeling, um, more connected to family and, you know, and, and you don't have the world's problems and all you just don't know when you're a kid, you have that kid kind of, um, view. Yeah. And uh, I think also because this time of the year, I've been thinking about what we're going to be doing. And so I feel like I spent a lot of time thinking about the future. Yeah. And so going back and reconnecting and getting it would help me connect more to my why again. I don't know. I just I, I really would go back in time and just be a kid for a while. No, I get that. I would love to go back in time and be a kid for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. My <laughs> second question. Um, and I, and I'm asking you this as my own children are in the other room watching, um, a Disney movie, but what is your all time favorite Disney movie? Oh my gosh. This is so hard because I, I'm really bad when it comes to movies. So let me think. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really don't watch a lot of movies. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with, uh, an old Disney movie and I would have to say Pinocchio. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, it's really old because no, like, again, it's a classic. Childhood movie. but I just, uh, I remember, and it's weird because I like that movie, not necessarily because of the movie, but because of the experiences. So my, I remember watching that with my dad sure. and, um, and so it reminds me of those moments. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that I would probably pick that one. Oh, that's a good movie. <laughs> oh, that's a very good movie. Um, my, my favorite Disney movie. I'll see if you've even heard of this movie. Um, Bed knobs and broomsticks with Angela. Yeah, Lennon. I've heard of that. So I've heard of that. like my kids hate it when I say, okay, it's bed knobs and broomstick. Oh, not again. <laughs> like, come on. This is classic. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's a my classic. Favorite. That's it a is. classic. You can't yes, beat a classic. Oh, <laughs> we got to keep Tony. those things alive. <laughs> you have to. That's exactly right. So what what uh, questions do you have for me? Okay. So, what experience, and this could be at any time in your life. Okay. Outside of education. Okay. Cannot be an education example. Has influenced you the most. As an educator, so some kind of experience, the not in school, not connected to relate related to school at all. Okay, um, okay, yeah. So, okay, so the kids that I 
Okay. So you said it affected education. Okay. So I can, I can preface it by saying why in education, this hits me so hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the kids that I love the most are the kids that are not supposed to succeed. Um, The kids that either um, by their own mistakes or because of environment or whatever the case um, they have heard adults or or maybe they even hold that idea themselves that they're not supposed to succeed. Um, those mm-hmm. are the kids I love the most. Um, Me too. <laughs> I mean, just, and, and here's why, because I was that kid. Um, mm-hmm. I was that kid that suffered from severe depression, was suicidal, um, mm-hmm. used a lot of substances to try to counter that um, for a very long time. Um and, and those experiences, you know, I, and, I, and I say this all the time, and I really mean it, if, if things hadn't happened the way they did, and, and the best thing that ever happened to me was becoming a dad uh, mistakenly, not planning for it when I was 22, um, at a time when I was probably the worst off. Um, if that had never happened, I would be exactly like some of my parents that bring their mm-hmm. kids to my alternative school. Um, or the, um, this, the, the, some of the kids, the parents that are not very good off, um, that would have been me. Right. And, and so those experiences definitely shaped my view of education. Wow. Yeah. That's so powerful to, because it is, it's who you are. And so you're connecting, you have that authentic connection to your students, which is amazing. Yep. Um, so the second question I have is, if you were not an educator, what would your profession be? Okay. I've been asked this one a couple of times and my, my, oh. no, it's okay. My answer changes kind of based on the day. Um, <laughs> well, I say that I tried twice before the first five years of my education to leave education to, to join the police force. Um, I applied the first time and then I got full custody of my oldest daughter. And so I thought that was a sign from God that I needed to slow down, um, you know, stay where I was going. And then the second time I applied for the state police force, um, my wife, she got pregnant with our first child and she was like, Mm -hmm. you are not doing this. Um, so Mm -hmm. I didn't, um, so I would say today, however, Um, if I could do anything other than teach community organizer, Oh, wow. 100%. I would love to be a community organizer, go into some of these, um, neighborhoods or rural counties that are really, really struggling and think of outside of the box ideas for, um, how you could improve, um, the different wellness metrics for, for the population. Wow. For sure. And, and I, and I, I think of myself as a principal, as a community organizer as well. Um, That's a good point. That's a great connection. And and especially, and I think you'll agree with this. um, A lot of the time our school's performance is directly related to the environment that our students come from. So if (laughs) you can increase or improve the environment in my opinion, you'll improve the academic outcomes. Um, can't really have one without the other. 
Yeah. And I, I love the way you said that about principles. I, I don't think, I think sometimes that's where principles fall short is that they, they don't think of themselves that way as you are a community organizer in a way, yeah, in a really important way. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I don't know, like I love to go to like, um, I don't know if you have like rotary out there. If you have like mm-hmm. rotary clubs. Mm-hmm. So I Community. love to go to like the rotary club. I love to go to lions club meetings. I love to go to all of these different community organizations and tell the story of my school to these people. Um, so that way you tell your story to these people, they get connected and they are more likely to help you out and come into your building. And, you know, par- it, it's all about connections and partnerships anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. Very cool. <laughs> So yeah, that's me. That's me, and that's you. (laughs) That's us. We have some similar thing. We have some similar, uh, of course, some similar um, uh, ideas and experiences for sure. Exactly. And the cool thing that I, and the reason I love doing this is just like in our classroom. Once you know your students, and once your students know them, um, and um, you've been vulnerable with your students. Now it's time to get down to the content. Um, mm-hmm. Now I feel like um, the learning can happen. And so my first question to you that we're going to start getting into kind of um, a little bit more about the content and stuff is, um, so Tony Hull has been in education for 25. Was that right? This is year 30 now. Oh. Starting year 30. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> 30 years ago, or maybe a little bit before then, education mm-hmm. found Tony. So mm-hmm. my question for you is, how did education find Tony Hull? Okay, so when I was in high school, um, I really thought that I was going to be on the radio. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I was going to this be on the like, radio. I, I was, I, yeah. I was super, I, I, I remember reaching out to the radio station, going to hang out, going to check out and, like, and they would just show me the studio. And, and I thought this is, I'm going to go to school for communications and I'm going to do radio. Um, and then I took 10th grade biology and my teacher, it was, it was, he would come into class and like, he was one of those teachers that the lunch bell rang and like, we're a bunch of 10th graders. You would really think that like, mm-hmm. we'd be running out the door. No, like we wanted to be there. And I kind of, like, I felt like I was having one of these experiences where I was watching, but I was, I mean, I was in it, but I was also watching it. And I had sure. this experience where I thought, holy cow, like right now there's all these high school students, the bell rang, it's time to go to lunch. And we're all, we're just fixated and engaged and excited to be in this classroom with this teacher. And I thought, that's what I want to do. What was I, his I did, name? Uh, Dr. Druger. Okay. And he was, he was our biology professor. Um, it was like an advanced course. And so okay. he taught, he taught and I got like credits for it. But, um, and I thought, how is he doing this? Like I was, I was having one of those experiences where I was watching the scene and I just thought that those faces, the kids' faces, my friends and I were just enthralled with this. And actually, actually right here, I have in my office here, a picture of Dr. Druger and oh, he signed hey, my biology. Cool. 
he signed my biology book. And like, so what, what students in high school has their teacher sign their biology workbook? Nobody. I mean, like, but this was happening. I was the end of school year and he signed my book and I just cut it out and I just hung it up on my wall. But, but so I thought, okay, kind of redirect. I'm going to go to school for teaching. (laughs) And then I thought, what am I going to teach? Well, I'm going to teach science, even though that really didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I just was like, well, he taught science. So I'm going to teach science. Exactly. And so I went to school for science and um, I didn't turn back. And uh, that's and it's all because of Dr. Druger. <laughs> I saw the way he made those kids feel. I saw the way he engaged them in learning about the Galapagos Islands and genetics and things that high school kids really, I don't know. I, I thought it was really amazing and miraculous yeah. the way the way he engaged but connected and he knew all of us and he cared about us and he showed his love for us. And I just looked around in my my class and I just thought, that's it. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and so I went to um to school and I got my bachelor's in science education and uh, biology, because that's what he taught. Because <laughs> people ask me sometimes, why did you teach science? I go, because that's who- Dr. Gruger. Well, Dr. Gruger, that's why. It's not because like any of the other subjects were my favorites or whatever. It's just, that's what he taught. So I did it. <laughs> so I love the fact that you're just very open that the reason you picked science had zero to do with your interests of actual science. Mm-hmm. And it had everything to do with this guy. Um, yes. No, I love that because, and here's why. Um, a good friend of mine, you may know Marty Silverman. Um, he's a principal down in San Antonio. And he has, he, he introduced me to this idea of who's your favorite teacher. And that's always his second question when he interviews new teachers. And I have started to do that, but I've made it my first question um, because it so much tells me the type of teacher that that person is. And so Tony, when you're sitting here telling me you became a teacher, not because of the uh, content, but because of the way this dude made you feel, that inevitably tells me the type of teacher that you are and the type of principal you are. So I would say unequivocally, you value your connections with your people over anything else. Would that be probably safe to say? Yes. Number one, number one, it, 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 it's about the people. And um, actually I just had one of my principal friends call me um, and actually, she is the principal now of, of the Missy Valley Leadership Academy since I left. And um, and she's like, Amy, she just had wanted some advice. And I said, you know, you always hire the person. Yeah, it doesn't what whatever they teach, they teach. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that can be worked out later, yeah. but it's the person. It's the people you bring on your team and, and how you connect them and how they get to know each other, because you can have amazing skills and know your content up and down. But if you don't have that cohesion and you don't know your people and what makes them tick and also what needs they have and how they need to be supported, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. Kids aren't going to do well. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you know I'll, I'll be a little transparent, little vulnerable, vulnerable here. Um, in the beginning of my teaching, like I despised the idea of an alternative certification program for people. Um, like, mm-hmm. like I was like, no, you got to go through the four years. Like I did, you know, you got to <laughs> know, blah, blah, blah. But I have 
some of the best teachers that I have seen came from that alternative certification because it wasn't about, just like you're saying, it wasn't about the content. Those people were good because they were able to connect with my yes. students. And it That's didn't, and so it didn't matter that they, they had never heard of a lesson plan. It, it yep. didn't matter, you know, <laughs> That's right. it didn't matter that they had never heard of, of Bloom's taxonomy. Um, so, okay. Yeah. I completely agree. I completely yeah. love what you're saying. <laughs> it's funny. Good to on a side note on the science teacher thing. I go to science teaching conferences and I see like, um, you know, there's things that science teachers who love science so much, which it's, I like it, it's fine. Um, but they get so excited about science teacher things. I'm like, please. And the kids are bringing me bugs and stuff. And I'm like, please don't, please mm-hmm. don't, don't. <laughs> I was bad in that area. I'm like, uh, but you teach science. I said, well, but yeah, but I teach kids. I don't know. I teach. <laughs> another side so, note, another side um, note, my, my absolute favorite high school principal or high school teacher uh, was my biology and advanced biology teacher. Um, and I had the, uh, it was kind of a um, bittersweet, his, his wife, who was also one of my teachers, one of my favorite middle school teachers, she passed away from cancer, I guess it was about six or so months ago. And I was able to go to that visitation and I was able to tell him, uh, Mr. Mickle, you were my number one favorite teacher in high school. And you are a big reason of why I became a teacher because I remember him telling me, um, basically calling me out for all of the dumb stuff that I was doing. And, and, and he might not have said it this way, but he said, you have more potential than you are showing. And I remember that. And I will always remember that. And so it's really cool that, um, we, we share that biology connection. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. And we, we always, we always remember those people that pushed us and believed in us for sure. Exactly. Right. And, and that's what we both hopefully are trying to do with this world as well. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Tony, let's, <laughs> you know, the, the name of the game in this podcast is the big ed idea. Um, like I was telling you prior to hitting record, this is a space, a safe space for anybody out there in the world. That's got this idea that is just on their heart. You know, they've got an idea for education, uh, whether it's, you know, to change education, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's just to tweak it a little bit, or, or maybe it's something completely revolutionary. Um, but I have been in schools where that is not valued. Let's, let's mm-hmm. just say that. Um, I have been in schools where that is completely valued. And so I want everybody out there to understand that this is a place that if you've got an idea, let's talk about it. And so before Tony, before Tony talks about what her big ed idea is, we kind of have to know what she sees as a problem um, in education. And so Tony, talk to us about what you see as a problem in education. Um, so the, the problem that I focus on is what I see each and every day. I see kids going through the motions. I see teachers going through the motions of education. We got to go to school. You got to sit in class. I have to shove as much information into your brains as I can. And then you're going to regurgitate it onto a test and we're all good. We'll get the scores and then we move on with our lives. And that's a problem because more and more, especially after the COVID um, pandemic um, and the way education 
changed it, it, during yeah. that time. Um, that's not going to work anymore. Nope. And I looked at the at the pandemic. I tried to look at the good side of it as this, this is a time to like really break out of the mold of we are we are still in the mold of of cramming information into kids' brains so that they regurgitate it and then they never use it again. Yeah, right. Or, right. And what's the point of that? So we are losing kids, even though they're in our classrooms, but then a lot of them aren't. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just actually ran into one of my uh, old uh, parents um, and the kids in homeschool now. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting for high school. He was in middle school in my middle school. And then he's in, uh, I said, oh, where do you go to high school? He said home. Uh, and so we're going to lose kids and families and communities um, because of the fact that we're not evolving. Yeah. And so. When I look at alternative education, to me, it gets a bad rap. That's the other part of the problem. Yeah. So you think, okay, well, it's an alternative school. So, you know, those are the kids that blah, blah, blah. Um, so one, we're too busy focusing on facts instead of skills. Um, yep. So that to me, I think is the biggest problem, but the, but the side effect is that we're going through the motions and teachers are going through the motions too of, you know, let's check all the boxes. Let's have our checklist. We got our objective. We got our lesson plan. We got our, and then I'm done for the day. And so how do we revive it? I feel like I used to be an EMT for about five years. How do we revive? Yeah. (laughs) I did that on the weekends. Actually. It was a great way. (laughs) I'd love to hear that story sometimes. And I bet it was when you were uh, a teacher. It was teacher. right after 9-11. There's the small version of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As a New Yorker, uh, that it just put, got put it on my heart to, to join the ambulance squad. But um, that's a whole nother story. But, you know, how do we resuscitate? And how, because teachers have these, like you said, we have great ideas. They have great ideas, creativity. And when you look at what, um, what, businesses and industry wants from their workers. It's not the factory worker model from before. It's innovation. It's can that student really problem solve and think, but we're still teaching the old way. And so I'm I'm sure that it's been said many times that that's the problem. Um, And so I'm looking at it as we continually try. I hate, I don't know. I'm sure you've heard this a million times. We got to cover that. And I'm thinking (laughs) we need to uncover, not cover. We need to uncover I mean, why do we say we got to cover it? I mean, we're covering it all right. <laughs> so that I see is the problem. And it's going on. It's only going to get worse. Um, mm. And then also teachers are leaving because of this problem, because they are not given that chance to really the art of teaching, which what happened to it? Um, where is it? And so that I see is the problem. So I want, okay. I want to dive into this because, um, I completely agree. Like, uh, and, and tell me if you think this is, this is correct. Like we want kids to be, you know, we talk about the four C's or the five C's, whatever we want them to do this, but for the first 10 years of their education experience, we dampen that down and dampen that Mm -hmm. down and dampen that down. And, and it's the same thing with our teachers. If our teachers come up with these big ideas and then you say, oh, well, we can't do that because we're not, we got the, we got to follow the pacing guide. It's not, we're not there yet. And so after a teacher has heard that for five, six, seven years, 
guess what? They don't want to, well, I'm not going to say they don't want to. They are conditioned to stop Mm -hmm. thinking like that. And I think kind of the same thing with our students. Would you agree or disagree? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when, when kid, when you see kids that are not trying to think outside, they, they, they want the answer. Like if you give them an assignment, they'll say, or say you do a project and you see this all the time. Uh, so they do, you sign this project and then the kids are like, well, you have these choices. And then the kid says, well, which one should I do? Yeah. And I'm like, you give them the choices. So even though we're, as the teacher, we're trying to give them choices, we're trying to make a project, make sure that it's hands-on. They just like, well, which one should I do? And what, what is it supposed to look like? Do you have one I could look at? They just want to know the right answer. And we have to be done with the right answer. It's about an answer that can bring together their knowledge and, and skills to solve a problem. It's not about the right answer, but I, so many kids are stuck in that. And, and teachers too. Is my lesson plan right? Is it right? Is this the way you want it? And it's like, it could look like a lot of different things and be effective. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So I don't share the video. So, so anybody out there that's listening to this, you won't be able to see this, but Tony, I don't know if you can see my tattoo. Uh huh. It says evolve or die. (laughs) Yes. So that is my motto that if you are not constantly trying to change and improve and change with the times like you're going to go the way of the dodo bird you know what I mean and um and so yeah I completely agree completely agree um I would say a a ton of my guests that have been on here have expressed that same sentiment that the factory model is dead um but the education system is so big and cumbersome like the titanic we have known we have talked about it for 22 years about 21st century education and for 22 years we've been trying to steer this damn ship and we're still trying to steer it um right okay so knowing that tony what is your idea what do we do about this well my idea is really making alternative education the new norm um, when, when you think about, um, well, going back for a second to the part where, you know, the, the whole, like, like the Titanic, like you said, you know, it's because it's so hard to measure things that don't have a right or wrong answer. Sure. And sure. so, um, how do we make alternative education, which is personalized choices, developing skills, not of skills over facts and content cramming because everything students need, they have on their smartphone. It's just using that. How do you use that information to do something amazing in the world? And um, this, and also for teachers, you know, they have information that they've learned and their experiences. How do they bring it all together to create uh, learning experiences for kids that are unforgettable? so it's about focusing on skills. And, and really what I've done is I've, this was a personal journey for me because I, as you have uh, almost left education before, I almost left to go into the medical field. Um, so I was applying to med schools about year seven, I think it was eight, something like that. And I knew that that wasn't where my heart was, yeah. but I couldn't take the checking the box. And, you know, I was one of those teachers that Frustrated. closed the door and did what I got to do, but 
check the box and all yeah. these things and follow along. Everyone's got to do the same thing. Uh -huh. Everyone's got to do. And I can't Boring. do it. Yes. So what I did was I, I actually had gone, um, to a conference. It, it was a business conference because my, well, my husband now, but my fiance at the time, um, he, he's into business. We went to a business conference and they talked about like goal setting and just skills-based things. And, and I thought, hmm, how can I use this information to help me save not only my career, but also save yeah. Um, yeah. what I see kids struggling with and teachers struggling with. And so I came up with um, an acronym that I've used in my personal life for the last 20 years. Okay. And it is GRASP. And, um, and it became the foundation for the Mesilla Valley Leadership Academy uh, by kind of by happenstance and the way that I shared my personal story and the teachers were like, well, maybe we can make it into something. And so they were the ones. So they, I have to give them the kudos. I used it. So I saved my job and my career. Cause I knew that's where my heart was, but they were like, maybe we could do something with that grasp thing. You always talk about. <laughs> and I said, okay, well maybe, I don't know. I didn't really think about it that way, but um, everything we do, if we focus on these five areas, number one is gratitude. Whenever we do something as a leader, as a teacher, as a student, how do we give, give back, give thanks? How do we give thanks? And we, we taught our kids and in our school, you know what? Give thanks for our old building. We got a building. Give thanks for our iPads. Maybe they're old, but give thanks for them. They work. We're using them. So how do we teach kids really to give thanks and also give thanks to people that we invite into our building and, and so that they're a part of things? So gratitude, school and community, gratitude. Second is relationships. And you've said this over and over and over again, that number one, it's those relationships that you build. That's the first thing. If you don't get to know your kids, your people, your custodians, your food, sir, every single person in your school. And so, you know, how kids had to learn names of everybody. You learn the custodians names you talk to them you ask them how they're doing you talk to food service you talk to central office people and they come down um so relationships connecting connecting people together in the school and then also in the community um attitude is the third one and and by the way also this is also a lesson plan way of doing things too where in relationships every every time we did a project I said, well, who are you going to connect to in the community to bring in this project? So if we're doing a project, say, I remember uh, we did it in home, home, home and careers. We did um, cooking. Uh, they made pies. They invited people from the local restaurant in to be a judge. Yeah. And so like, how can you bring people in? Yeah. Because relationships. Do you have gratitude? Do you have relationships? Do you have attitude? Exploring ideas. So when I say attitude, I don't just mean like, let's all be happy, but you know what? Our attitude might be of concern. It might be an attitude of empathy. So we did a project where, you know, in, in each project, how can you explore attitudes that other people have so that we have discussions and we do sort things out. Some of our best PLCs with my staff were because we all have different ideas and we all have a different attitude about them. Some strong, some negative, some positive. Um, but how can we explore those ideas and really put it all out so that it becomes something amazing and teaching kids, you know what, something goes wrong. How can, how can your attitude now, how can you turn that attitude around? Let's look at something that's 
you know, that may be going wrong, but let's turn it into something. Flip the that script. We can use. Yeah. And then scholarship. Um, this is just huge. And I don't think it's done enough. Uh, we just have to, I kind of got rid of homework at my school, which is a whole nother story, except for reading. You got to read every single day. And I know as educators, we say we don't have time, but we make time for the things that are important in our lives. Exactly right. Um, right. So even if you read 10 minutes a day, you're going to be above a lot of people when it comes to reading. I tell my teachers all the time. Um, I also tell them, put the book in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you're going to read, but um, scholarship, what can I, where can I go to learn more about this? Whatever the topic is, let the kids explore. Don't just give them the information. What are the questions that they're coming up with? How part of scholarship is asking the great questions, which, uh, you know, you got to, you got to kind of know something to ask good questions. And so that's scholarship. And then the last one in last but not least is purpose. Um, and it goes to relevance. And I know that a lot of the guests you've had on their, on your show have talked about this piece that's forgotten a lot of times. What is the purpose? What is the purpose? It's okay to explain to kids. It's okay to say, this is how you, you see this in the world. This is where it connects. Maybe it's a skill. Um, maybe it's just, you know, um, maybe it's something that you're not going to use very frequently, but you're still telling them the purpose of it. Um, and connecting the relevance, the why. Uh, so with all those pieces, we created a foundation and a vision for our, our school, um, the Messiah Valley Leadership Academy, and we called it the 25 to Thrive. And each of those components does have five extra components, which um, it goes into more detail about what that looks like because kids need to know what it looks like when you're, and also teachers need to know what it looks like. But it's about focusing, this grasp is about focusing on skills. These are skills, gratitude, relationships, attitude, scholarship, and purpose. Those are skills. They're not things that they have to remember, memorize. Um, so really it's about focusing on skills and not the facts. You teach the content through focusing on skills. Right. And it doesn't always mean, you know, I know career education is amazing and that's a very important component of this. But it's also, you know, if we're going to learn about court, let's say uh, the judicial system, how about we like actually try to do a trial, like a mock trial, and you go to the courthouse and you talk to the people at the courthouse, the local courthouse, and bring them in and learn from real world people so kids can see other people besides the teachers in the building, which is great, but you know. Um, so it's about focusing on skills and then the content comes through. Whereas it's flipping it because we always are trying to focus on the content and then, you know, we're gonna write an essay, that's the skill. Now, how about we write a letter to a company about something that we believe in and learn to advocate uh, for ourselves? And that's one of the biggest things I teach my kids is, is about advocating and also teachers advocate for some of these ideas, lead up. So um, it's about flipping it. It was too focused on content and content is right, right here, right here in my phone. How can I use it though? How can we teach kids how to use this to make our world a better place, amazing, solving problems, and they're ready to go out and do whatever is asked of them. Um, hey, let's, we, we need them to generate ideas. And if they kind of, these five components have made a difference for my life and have kept me in the profession that I love. 
Um, and uh, if, if it was the foundation for our school, well, which is kind of interesting because it never meant it to be anything like that. But um, but yeah, if and as leaders, as a principal, I would think about this. If you think about it, these are five things you could do every day. Easily. One, find someone to give thanks to. Find someone to connect to. Attitude. Give someone a smile. Just high five some kids that day. Um, scholarship. What are you reading? That's the other question I was going to ask you, but I had too many questions. But um, yeah, what are you reading? Everyone should be reading something. And then purpose um, is really reconnecting to your why all the time. Because mm -hmm. you you do, we get bogged down with the system. And so, but how can you get back to it? And you just walk in that classroom and you see that kid get excited about learning. It create, it's about creating those experiences for kids. And um, I sum it up in this, I, I say, you know, grasping, but we had our motto at MVLA, which is still their motto, is do to learn. You just do. So if, if kids are like, oh, I don't know how to do a speech, well, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure started. it out. Yep. But you put that expectation high um, and they'll, they'll rise up. They'll oh, say, well, how am I going to do that? Well, I don't know. What do we need to find out? Instead of me telling you everything, this is how you do it. This is what you say first, second, third, and all that. So yeah, that, that's my equation for, and it's really helped a lot. I, 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 you know, it's about being intentional with these things and believing in our people. Um, but why is this alternative? I have no idea. And when I talk about it, you know, it's all well, we're a big school. We can't do that. We're a big school or whatever the excuses are. Um, everyone can do this in their classroom. Um, focusing on the skills and then teaching the content. And I love the, the way I know you talked to Hal Bowman before and he talks about, you know, like the content is just the, the vehicle that he says he uses to teach all this other stuff, yeah. which is the skills. Yeah. It doesn't matter because he's taught so many different things before. And again, it doesn't matter what you teach. And, and like we talked about, science was just what I chose, but, but we taught all of these other things through that. And um, why it's alternative, I have no idea. And I, I know, and I, I'm so excited that you are taking on this, this alternative school because to me, alternative is, you gotta make, we gotta make it cool because it is cool. Life is alternative. Everything we do, we have not gone through this kind of, <laughs> these challenges and problems that we have. And um, our kids are going to be the ones to solve these problems. Um, we got to get them ready and we get them ready through skills. We don't get them ready through information and covering stuff. Yeah. So. No, I love it. I love, love, love it. Um, you know, maybe because I'm a 90s kid and, you know, I grew up on alternative rock. Uh, that's why I love alternative education. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's a little bit edgy. But 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 it's it's powerful and it and it's full of emotions and it's raw and um, not everybody is doing it. Um, you know, um, if everybody would be doing it, we wouldn't be calling it alternative education anymore. You know what I mean? That's right. Um, That's right. But but you know, selfishly, um, you know, I would like to get to a point where we don't have to call it alternative education anymore. Um, Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I think the momentum is getting there. I think we have, 
some really good people. Uh, I know here in Kentucky, our commissioner of education is all about um, skills. He is all about flipping the script. Um, I think Miguel Cordoba, um, I think he also believes it. Um, mm -hmm. I think quite honestly, it's going to take us cutting the ties with Pearson and yes. some of our testing companies. Right, because that's not changing. We no, need to have alternative changing. demonstrations of competency, yeah. Um, yeah. of skills. Yeah. yeah. So I've always said, and I've told, well, not always, but I, since I've been in high school, I've told my high school teachers, um, if you can Google it, do not teach it. It does not need, <laughs> That's it, right. It's so it well does said. not need to be a standalone lesson. Um, no. What I would love to see in this new school is, first off, let our kids brainstorm community problems. What are mm -hmm. issues in our community? Okay, here is the issue. Go solve it. And then yep. through that solving, through that... Um, you know, through the work of working towards a solution to a problem, you're going to be able to check off, so to speak, these standards that the state wants you to, Right. you know, and, yeah. and, and the other thing I love about these alternative education programs, um, I feel like, how do I say this? Um, I feel like in these alternative education programs, we are able to teach life versus teach test yep yeah exactly that's what it is it, it's it's because the test is not evolving and we that's why we're so worried and sometimes teachers get worried too like like well how do we cover this this and this and this but it's like it'll happen through that relevant real world yep. rigorous we call uh, well, Bill Daggett calls them quad D projects, and we use that language with our kids, and we teach them about quad D yeah. projects. Quad D, the highest level of rigor and the highest level of relevance. I mean, if it's not relevant, what are we doing it for? <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, yeah. how can you get more relevant than your own community? And to look to the kids, they are so creative, and the more they get engaged and creative, then you will, behavior problems will go down attendance will go up because they're not going to want to miss it Yep. because they know they're going to be missing something amazing that day. Mm -hmm. And if it's just less than 2.1 from the math book, I'm sorry, but nobody's running to the school to get to that. Well, and, and, you know, and I'll be honest, this model that we've been on for the last ever, um, <laughs> if, you know, we are obviously not doing a good job with it or the number of kids in remedial, classes when they get to college is is astronomical um i read a statistic the other day you know 60 percent of kids in the united states are going to college but only 40 percent of that 60 percent actually finish so wow yeah so and we're also seeing lower numbers of kids going to college because i think we're finally starting to see the college education college degree isn't what is going to make someone successful in this new world, like you mm -hmm. said, and like um, Ted Dintersmith, if anybody out there knows who Ted Dintersmith is, he talks all about the skills. And um, I think you're exactly right. And Miss Tony, um, I definitely love your grasp concept. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm wondering selfishly, is there anything out there curriculum wise that was built around these 25 concepts that one might use in say a advisory period for mm. their students? No, um, there isn't yet, let's just say. So I am working on it. Growth mindset. A project that's been going on for a little while. And um, yeah, so not yet, yet, but there will be. But okay. I do have the 25 to thrive. That's already out there. And it's kind of like, it's so that it's easy to see because we found when we taught this to kids, they didn't really know what it looked like. So we had to yeah. kind of spell it out to them. And, um, but, but yeah, not yet. So okay. that's, that's definitely something that I, I, I want to build, build with a team because, um, and I am working with one of my former teachers on, on this um, because it's so important and it's something that we felt really made an impact and, and you can call it whatever you want. You can make up your own sure. kind of thing, sure. but you really, it's all about having the mission, the vision, but focusing on the skills that you feel like are the most important yeah. um, that kids are going to take. And you know, those interpersonal skills and, and really we called it the leadership Academy because it, if you name it, you got to live up to it. And so I remember when we changed the name of the school, you know, you are all leaders, but we don't know how to lead. Well, that's what, why we're the that's leadership right. Academy. We're going to figure it out. So it's about setting those expectations super high and, and giving everyone in the school, the ability to fail and the ability to come back and learn from it. Cause that's how we learn. But, um, but being open to things and being open to change uh, and focusing on skills and not, not the information that we have to cover. So I, it's super exciting. I could talk forever about it. <laughs> Justin, and I could as well. Um, I could as well, but you know, sadly, we're going to have to, <laughs> sadly, we're going to have to wind this thing up. Miss um, Tony, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this evening on the Big Ed Idea podcast. Um, like I said, I've really been looking forward to this episode. Um, selfishly, I love you I love you people that are out there listening, but really I just wanted to talk to Tony and, <laughs> and, pick, yeah, and pick her brain for some of the amazing things that she has been able to do way down there in New Mexico, um, hoping, them, hoping that I could bring it into my own building. Um, because at the end of the day, I think anybody that's listening to this, we just want to affect change, positive change for our students. And so anytime. Come that visit am, us. Yes. Okay. Come visit us in New Mexico. You're, okay. you're welcome. Actually, that school, the Sea Valley Leadership Academy is still going strong. And they now, I brought some people from Hatch down to see the school so that they can kind of see how things go and, and, and what they're doing differently for kids. Um, so you're I'm going to work on that. <laughs> I am going to work on that. Um, my wife and I have always been, we've never been Southwest. Like oh, okay. I, well. I grew up going to Texas, mm -hmm. uh, every summer, but I never went like past the center of Texas. Right. So well, okay. fall's the best time it's hot now. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're always welcome. Okay. I appreciate that. And I'll probably hold you, hold you to that. So, yeah. um, Miss Tony, I, I am sure that somebody out there is listening and wants to know a little bit more about you, um, about your school, maybe uh, more about these 25 to thrive. So how could they reach out to you? Um, they can email me at tonyhall at gmail.com. Um, but also I'm on Twitter at enchanted leader. 
we are the land of enchantment. Uh, Enchanted Leader, and then also on Instagram at Enchanted Leader. And on Facebook, it's just me. Dr. Tony Hall or Tony Hall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you're on Facebook, follow me and she's one of my friends. Um, yeah, definitely. Thank you very much once again, Tony. Um, to my listeners thank out there. You. Yeah, thank you. To my listeners out there, you are amazing. You are wonderful. You are why I do this. Um, love to be able to bring a little bit, little relevance into this education space. And, and like I always do, I want to open it up to you, my listeners. I know you have an idea. I know if you've been listening today to Tony, you have an idea that is just itching to come out of that brain of yours. So please hit me up at Ryan C. Scott, 1981 on Twitter, uh, Ryan C. Scott, 1981 on Instagram. You can email me at Ryan Scott, 1981 at gmail.com. Um, and you can also find my website, Ryan Scott, ed.com. So, um, yeah, Tony, <laughs> have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. It's been an honor uh, to be on your show. I appreciate all you're doing to, to cultivate and uh, bring out these great ideas. Absolutely. Thanks once again. And uh, like Grandpa Janoski used to always tell me when he would leave, he'd say, Ryan, until next time, I will see you in the funny paper. <laughs> he did every time. Thank you for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion, and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.